East 38th Street and Chicago Avenue in Minneapolis has been renamed George Floyd Square. Not officially, but the entire intersection is closed and overflowing with flowers, signs, statues, and a mural of George Floyd. A hero. Well, not really. It's time to start telling our own stories. I'm Steve Kellums, and welcome to Blue Canary. George Floyd should not have died in police custody. The actions taken by Derek Chavon were reprehensible and universally condemned by law enforcement. George Floyd was a victim of police misconduct, but he was not a hero. Floyd had been arrested nine times in his hometown of Houston, Texas, between 1997 and 2007. Those charges consisted of aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon, dealing, possession with an intent to deal, possession, trespass, failing to identify as an offender, and theft. He spent five years in prison for the aggravated robbery charge. Officers attempted to take George Floyd into custody on May 25, 2020, for allegedly attempting to pass counterfeit monies at a convenience store. George Floyd resisted officers, and the rest of the event is clear from video and court testimony. A victim of excessive use of force? Yes. A hero? No. Why, then, is there a memorial to George Floyd? Why has he been martyred by some and canonized by others? To get an idea of what's going on, we need a little history lesson. You're likely familiar with Robin Hood, the character from English folklore created sometime in the late 1300s who was a legendary and heroic outlaw. Robin Hood stole from the rich and gave to the poor, abandoned and rogue, loved by the common people and hated by the gentry. Robin Hood's nemesis was, of course, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Even in the 1300s, the criminal was the good guy and the cops were the bad guys. Now, the Peasant Revolt of 1381 likely had a lot to do with the creation of Robin Hood. After the Black Plague pandemic, England was facing major social and economic challenges. Taxes were at an all-time high due to the Hundred Years' War with France, and these tensions came to a head when a royal official attempted to claim unpaid taxes. This sparked a violent confrontation between government officials and peasants. The uprising spread quickly across England. Pandemics, long wars, feelings of oppression... Am I talking about the 1380s or the 2020s? A little look at history can show you so many similarities to the issues we're dealing with today. The stories of Robin Hood likely came about as a way to glorify the resistance to authority, the challenge to government, and the societal norms of the time. That begins the Robin Hood effect. The Robin Hood effect is when people start viewing those who act out against society as the heroes and those who traditionally protect society as the villains. There are several common factors we've seen in this phenomenon. The outlaw is typically seen as a victim of injustice from the government. The outlaw is seen as a common, harmless person of good intent. The outlaw is sacrificing his life for a political stance. These outlaws turned heroes become very important to political, social, or economic causes, and their fight is generally taken up by others. The Robin Hood effect is when criminals are turned into heroes not when political activists are turned into criminals. Armed robbery, assault, attempted murder, and murder are crimes, not political stances. Rosa Parks wasn't a criminal because she refused to sit in the rear of the bus. Martin Luther King was not a criminal for advocating for racial justice. Nelson Mandela was not a criminal for defying apartheid. These people were heroes who were labeled criminals. The Robin Hood effect is the opposite. There have been many instances of the Robin Hood effect throughout American history. 
Labeling common criminals as heroes in the media isn't new to the 21st century. Let's look at a few others. John Dillinger committed his first robbery in 1924. He was convicted and sent to prison where he served nine years. Upon his release, he began robbing banks. He was accused of robbing 24 banks, four police stations, and the murder of an East Chicago, Indiana police officer. On July 22, 1934, John Dillinger was killed by police when they attempted to arrest him and he pulled a gun on officers. Now, John Dillinger was a career criminal, and in 1945, just 11 years after his death, Hollywood made their first major motion picture about him titled Dillinger. While many Hollywood studios at the time had an agreement not to make movies naming actual gangsters for fear of glorifying them, Monogram Pictures defied those ideals and made $4 million from the movie. Eight more major motion pictures, many portraying Dillinger as a sympathetic character, have been made since then, with the latest being 2009 Michael Mann's film, Public Enemies, starring Johnny Depp as John Dillinger. At the same time Dillinger was terrorizing the Midwest, Bonnie and Clyde were doing the same thing in Texas. Bonnie and Clyde, a criminal couple, robbed banks as well, but they mostly focused their attentions on small stores and gas stations. They also stole cars and believed to have murdered nine police officers and four civilians. Now, while there have been only three major motion pictures about Bonnie and Clyde, they really got their fame from the newspapers. Newspapers across the U.S. ran front-page stories of Bonnie and Clyde, and some even called them a modern-day Robin Hood. The 1930s, a time of great economic depression in the country. Many people lost their jobs, homes, and businesses. One in four Americans were unemployed. And while the reasons for the Great Depression are complex and varied, many people simply blame the problem on the rich and say that the gangsters like Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde were heroes against an establishment that had caused all their pain and suffering. On November 24, 1971, a man who identified himself as Dan Cooper bought an airline ticket from Portland to Seattle. While in the air, he hijacked the Boeing 727 by claiming to have a bomb. The plane landed in Seattle, where he collected $200,000 in ransom money and four parachutes. After taking off from Seattle, D.B. Cooper parachuted from the plane over southwestern Washington and was never seen again. A hijacker and a folk hero. In the 1970s, the United States was still in the Vietnam War. There was social, economic, and political upheaval across the country, just like before. On August 9th, 2014, Michael Brown walked into a convenience store in Ferguson, Missouri, stole a box of cigars, and shoved a store employee when confronted. Police were called, and when an officer arrived in the area and attempted to detain Michael Brown, he attacked the officer and was ultimately shot and killed. And just as we've seen over history, Michael Brown became a hero. His criminal acts were overlooked, and an entire political movement was created. The Black Lives Matter movement and the Hands Up, Don't Shoot slogan were a direct result of the Michael Brown shooting. Six years later, when George Floyd was killed, the movements created from the events in Ferguson, Missouri, were still going strong. Criminals turned heroes. The Robin Hood effect. As for the status of our current political, economic, and social unrest, well, I don't think I have to tell you about that. If it wasn't for my generous sponsors, I wouldn't be able to tell my stories or help you tell yours. Let's take a quick break and hear from one. Help your team rise to increasing expectations with Agency 360's cloud-based software. Whether it is for the training of new employees or annual performance evaluations, Agency 360 can help trainers and supervisors streamline documentation, create consistency, and communicate clearly. 
Help retention by setting the tone and culture early with Agency 360. Learn more at agency360.com. That's A-G-E-N-C-Y 360.com. Now that we understand that this type of thing has been going on for a very long time, why is it a big deal? Why does it frustrate us so much? From a morale standpoint, it sucks. Everyday officers turn on the news only to hear that they're the bad guys. Years of tireless work and constantly putting your communities before yourself mean nothing because something happened half a country away. I've been spat on. I've been screamed at. I've had rocks thrown at me. I've been threatened. And my family's been threatened. All because somewhere, a criminal has been labeled a hero. As police, we are visible representations of the government. We quickly become the thing that everyone is frustrated and angry with. So you have bills you can't pay. It's the police's fault. Can't maintain your marriage. It's all about those damn cops. The world's not fair. The police did it on purpose. We understand that we can be a lightning rod for people's fears and frustrations. But when it's magnified through traditional and social media, it becomes dangerous. Police faced similar challenges in the 30s as well as the 70s, but those issues were local ones. It took weeks before news could spread across the country, and when it did, many people didn't see how a problem on the other side of the U.S. affected them. Today, it is much different. Today, we must contend with the instantaneous transformation of information. On May 25, 2020, when George Floyd died, people in Minneapolis rioted. They also rioted in Seattle, and Portland, and Los Angeles, and New York, and insert your town here. Before we can even begin to understand the issues at hand, people are marching and attacking the Robin Hood effect on speed. The worst part of the entire situation is that the desire to paint the good guys as bad guys and the bad guys as good only creates an extremely dangerous situation for the good guys. On April 20th, 2021, Columbus, Ohio police responded to a complaint of teens fighting. Upon arriving, an officer was faced with a horrible choice. A 16-year-old teen viciously attacked another teen with a knife. In a split second, an officer had to take a life to save another. The results were predictable. The officer was immediately painted as the villain. Had the officer hesitated or not taken any action, he still would have been labeled a villain. This no-win situation has to stop. Social norms are the unwritten rules of society. It's how people get along every day. It's what you can and can't do before someone calls you out on it. These norms provide us with order and predictability in a world that usually lacks both. The police are organized for the common good of society. They respond to people's problems and provide them with solutions daily. They protect the weak and the innocent. They serve their families, friends, and their community selflessly. Thanks to the Robin Hood effect, they're the bad guys. And it's okay to attack the bad guys. That's right. It is quickly becoming a social norm to ignore, argue, berate, and physically assault the police. The FBI hasn't released any numbers on officers killed and assaulted in 2020, but unofficially, the numbers of police officers killed in the line of duty increases 96% in 2020 from 2019. It would not surprise me if we saw numbers of assaulted officers increase at the same rate. It's become common for people to resist the police. After all, it's a heroic act to resist the bad guys. Crime has also increased at a dangerous rate. When the enforcers of the law are evil then wouldn't the law itself be evil? This doesn't just affect the police, but society as a whole. The FBI compiles statistics for all crime, and just like the number of officers killed or assaulted, the overall crime numbers for 2020 have not been completed yet. But the preliminary reports are staggering. 
murder is predicted to have increased over 25% from 2019 to 2020. Aggravated assault numbers are also predicted to rise by as much as 6.5%. The Robin Hood effect is dangerous. It's not some quaint little outcome. It puts police officers' lives in jeopardy, and it makes the job harder, and in some places, impossible. We must start combating the trend of turning the criminals into heroes and start recognizing the true heroes, the ones who put the badge on every day and go to work, no matter what the media calls them. And that's the story we have to tell. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm curious what questions you're getting asked. What isn't the news covering? What story needs to be told? Connect with me at bluecanarypodcast at gmail.com.